Welcome to Crazy Enough to Win. I'm your host, John Grubbs. Welcome to the show. Now, we have a special treat for you today. We have a special guest. He is the voice of industrial talk. Welcome, Scott McKenzie, to the podcast. Well, it's about time I get on your podcast. I got it, John. We've been talking about it for, what, 20 years now? Then uh, even podcast didn't exist back then, but I'm so glad that I'm able to get on your podcast now and talk to your listeners. Brother, you have been an inspiration for me. You, you told me I should have started doing this three or four years ago, and I, I, I came yelling and screaming to the party. Uh, but man, what, what an honor to have Scott the Mac McKenzie on the podcast. Well, nah, the honor is all mine because it's so funny because COVID has been an interesting journey for, well, around the world. And it has required companies, required individuals to be more innovative in their ability to be able to reach markets, to be able to generate revenue. And, you know, I didn't think of it at the time when I started doing podcasts, but wow, now I Man. never leave my studio. Man, if you don't have a podcast these days, it's kind of like not having a car. It, 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 it's true, and, and there's no excuse, by the way. There's no excuse not having a podcast. Even though you were brought to the podcast life, dragging, there's no excuse because the technology's there, and, you, and, and, and if I can do it, and if you can do it, well. people can do it. Just yeah, this, uh, this COVID thing. I, I mean, good gracious. Uh, I want to get into that. But before we get into that, yeah. tell me a little bit about what brought you into podcasting in yeah. general. Well, that's a great question because uh, I took a company public. And uh, as a result of taking that company public, you uh, retire, I guess. And then when you retire, you become either a consultant or a coach. So you go out on the internet and you look at what I can do when I'm in. It's a consultant or a coach. And so uh, I did some consulting and I helped start a sugar refinery down here in Louisiana. And as a result of that, I started an industrial maintenance company doing the typical stuff like heavy equipment, you know, uh, dock work, things like that. Just your typical maintenance type of uh, uh, business model. And I just got done spending a lot of money on print. Uh, the you know, hey, we're great because we're wonderful. And here's the printed version that says we're great and wonderful. And, and I got nothing out of it. No leads, no revenue. I just spent a lot of money. <laughs> and I was upset. So I'm coming back from a client and I'm listening to a podcast, can't even remember which podcast. And I just looked at it, looking at my radio, and I'm going, I can do that. I can do that because all I wanted to do was just change the conversation I'd have with a, a, a large company instead of saying, oh, I'm Scott McKenzie, uh, we do industrial maintenance. And I guarantee you, listeners out there, 100% of the time, nobody wants to talk industrial maintenance. Nobody. <laughs> but then if I do it a podcast and I said, hey, I hear you have an outage coming up and I think the listeners of Industrial Talk would like to hear about what your challenges and opportunities are, would you be willing to get on the podcast? And I'd have to say probably 99% of the time they say yes. And then you create the no like, and trust. And then you create the friendships. And then all of a sudden, you, you know, you're the, the your fun buddy that comes to the party. And you just, that's it. It's, and then I've ex, it's expanded into just doing that all around the world now. 
Wow. Wow. What a story. You know, listeners, it was so funny. I think I met Scott probably four or five years ago. We were at a trade show in Galveston, Texas, and I've got this little booth and and Scott comes through there and and he just kind of out of the blue, he says, hey, do you want to be on my podcast? And I said, well, heck yeah, I want to be on your podcast. Let's do this thing. And we set up mics right there on the table and we went live. People were coming by. What are they doing? What are they doing? And it all sorts of attention was generated. People were like curious, you know, here's this guy with this great booming voice interviewing <laughs> me. And I'm like, wow, this is, this is really good. So, you know, it, it really is Scott. It's a great way to get a message out there that people it need is. to hear. It is. And when it, you know, would be pre virus, pre pandemic, pre whatever that was. Yeah. We, I was, I was doing the uh, conferences just like the one we did in Galveston. And so I just wander around and say, you want to do a podcast? You've got a story to tell. Plop, plop, plop. Here we go. Plug in. All right, we're here. And it was so much fun. And then now it's evolved into conferences contacted me and saying, Hey Scott, would you be willing to broadcast from our conference? <laughs> That's pre-virus now and all of a sudden I'm like, yeah, okay but it was it, and it's exactly what you said it's like you set up some lights i have lights now as you can see if you're out there on video i've got lights and it's like what's going on and you got the mic what's going on and it's just it's 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 a great way of prospecting it's a great way of just sharing with your customers that you're doing stuff you know <laughs> look at me i'm not standing still we're making things happen it's a lot of fun could you imagine you're in, a, you're in a trade show with these people who are probably uh, heavily weighted towards the sales side or business development side? Yeah. Has anybody said, no, I don't want to do it? This is the challenge. Of course, I tend to be a little big and a lot of them get a little nervous. A lot of people. And you're going to have to get, listeners, you're going to have to get past it. They don't care what you sound like. Just FYI. So, a lot of corporations, because they want to control the message, just tell you right now, that's out the door. And if you're a platform like mine, where I just want to celebrate industry, I just want to celebrate manufacturing, then I'm not going to dive into, you know, really sensitive things. I'm just not. I'm just like, you're great. You're wonderful. And now you have an asset, right, that, that truly can be marketed hmm. and truly can bring in value to your company. But the, the, the original question, John, I was sort of ahead of the curve. So there was a real steep learning curve for a lot of them. Now, given here's the other side of COVID. Now everybody's like, yeah, I'll do a podcast. Ah, hell, hell yeah. <laughs> I got to do something. I can't just sit here. Right? Oh my God. I can't go visit people anymore. No. How yeah. do I reach people? You know, and that's an interesting challenge that's going to be coming forward. And, and that is, um, how does it change the fabric of conferences going forward? And businesses have just sort of, in essence, survived. So how do you change and how are you innovative with conferences going forward that really bring value and bottom line ROI? That's the funniest thing. Guess what? I am uh, keynoting a large conference in Atlanta, Georgia next month. I recorded the, the speech last Friday. I was going to say, it was like, and I thought, I thought it was going to be something because this company, I won't call their name, but they had this very fancy name about conferences and television. Yeah. And I thought, man, they're going to have something really, really special, really high tech to get this speech from me delivered to their audience next month. And it was a zoom just like we're doing. It is. Except the conference <laughs> guy was sitting in the corner, just watching me on mute. 
Yeah. It's exactly what we're doing now. It is. And, and, you know, the challenge, John, is, is how do you, in this sort of digital world we're finding ourselves living in, and the amount of just stuff coming at you in your face as you try to figure out how to navigate these waters, how do you just pass that numbness and be, be relevant in that mm. world, right? And get attention that you want, yeah. but how do you do that? So you, you probably heard me say this before, you know, I think the number one challenge in business is obscurity. How do you get noticed? How do you get noticed in a sea of 7 billion people? Yeah. And this is one way to reach people. It is. Now, you know, I wouldn't have you on my podcast called crazy enough to win without yeah. having some, uh, some deep and, and insightful questions for you. Yeah, so please. Here's, here's one Fire. I want you to, to chew on for me. Yeah. If you had to pick a defining moment in your life, yeah. what is it and how did it impact you? That's interesting. And I have a story. There it is. So when I was running the uh, uh, terminal company, right, I had the corner office. I was, everything was fine. I was just sitting there just going, all right, great. This is fantastic. Eating great food, drinking great liquor, whatever it might be. I was having a great time. And then I realized, which is really I'm being vulnerable right now, John. So I'm sitting there in that corner office, and for lack of, I, I got all teary-eyed. And the reason I got teary-eyed is because I thought to myself at that moment, I said, is this it? Did, have I reached my, you know, potential? Well, what's next? And then that's where I um, realized I did, I was just living for myself and not living for others or helping or uh fulfilling my purpose to help other people succeed in whatever their, you know, focus might be. And it was a painful, gut-wrenching realization. And then I have friends that, a a gentleman that I'm good, close friends with out of Oklahoma who talks about, in fact, I got a book of his, a couple of books of his, talking about fulfilling your purpose and living your purpose and, 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 and I just realized that was a real watershed event because yeah. I didn't think that way. Now I do. So everything I do is about the success of others, other focus, helping that one person succeed in whatever that might be. Wow. Wow. You know, that's a, that's a powerful realization. You know, and when I'm coaching someone that's going through a really dark time or difficult time, you know, I said, look, the first thing you have to do is get over yourself. I said, the way to get out of a funk the way to get out of a slump, the way to get out of the crap that life throws at us sometimes is to help other people. You, you know, this, there's this contradiction. You can't worry about yourself if you're helping others. Isn't that amazing? It, 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 it's, it's, it's truth, man, and, and it's absolutely truth. And, and you think about it. Uh, I always point out people who have just sacrificed so much for the other, but they've transformed lives, mm. right? And, and Mother Teresa is a great example. She lived in the slums, but she transformed lives. She saved lives because she was concerned about them. Yeah. And, and, and just use that all over the place. Do that. Wow. I call it sometimes in my work, the, the narcissism of youth. Why does it take this gray hair up here for us to finally realize that the, <laughs> the magic in life is helping other people? That's the, that's, that's yeah. the magic. It is. It, and it is bottom line. And so that's my story there. And, and it, it was a gunt wrenching. Yeah. And it's like, what next step? What do I die? What, what do I do? And it's, that, that was rough. So you may not know this. Uh, 
2016, I was diagnosed with melanoma skin cancer. And luckily it was caught early. I uh, went through, went through the oncology and the surgery and all that. I'm a few lymph nodes lighter. And, um, but it was my, it was my wake up moment about life and, and appreciating yeah. things. And, you know, sometimes you have to go through a dark moment in order to really appreciate how wonderful life is. So my spirit animal is the sheepdog. I am a sheepdog cool. in spirit. What is your spirit animal and why? <laughs> wow i never, never really uh we oh my we, gosh just gotten speechless that's the first time no absolutely <laughs> but i'm just telling you i'm not going to be such an insightful spirit animal we we uh um we were delivering food on christmas morning to shut-ins right that's what we do as a family and as we were out in the tootlies and delivering food off in the distance i i see three little dark dots dancing around in the, the street. And I'm thinking to myself, that birds. So I'm driving, getting closer. They're little puppies. They're little dogs. And, uh, and of course, our kids were with us, and, and uh, <laughs> we get out. We stop because they were in the middle of the street. So I had to stop, and I said, hey, can you go out and just sort of scoot them aside? Oh, no, no. The kids and everybody, they just grabbed them. It's like, all right, this is the <laughs> best Christmas ever. <laughs> well, fast forward, <laughs> we get uh, – they're boxers. And, and, and so, you know, we use the power of Facebook and we say, okay, we got dogs. We need to got rid of two, kept one. And uh, this little boxer pup turned, it was three pounds when we got her turned into about 55 pounds. And wow. And she is those loving, fun, goofy, gentle, big heart and all of that. So I, I, I consider myself, that and and in that puppy form i i i really it's I'm, that 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 boxer man she wow. she told my stole my heart and, and the reason for that is because we're kindred spirit mm, the boxer I, I think one of my son's friends families uh raises boxers and he, yeah they they're they're a really special breed aren't they <laughs> they are i didn't realize it just and she's as goofy as can be but she is <laughs> just sweet 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 so this is a podcast for crazy people, people crazy enough to go yep. big, people crazy enough yep. to, to step out of the, 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 what I call the infection yep. of average, the infection of common, the infection of ordinary. Yeah. What is the, what's the, what's the craziest thing you've ever done professionally? Well, that's a, that's an interesting uh, question. All of the, all of the things that I've done. How about that? I've got Alexa just uh, starting to talk on your podcast. For whatever reason, she decided that she wanted to talk. Uh, she wants in, brother. She wants in. Yeah, I'll unplug her. How about that? <laughs> anyway, now, one of the things, what's, what's been an interesting journey, uh, John, is, is once again, I, I started this podcast, the Industrial Talk podcast, just to be able to change the conversation and meet people that are just absolutely brilliant in what they're doing. And, and I love it. And I love seeing the passion. I love seeing the energy. I love seeing all of the stuff that goes along with that. So that to me was a big deal because all of a sudden I'm just blazing out there and I'm going, I can do this. And I remember, just like you probably remember, when you finally bought all the equipment and everything and you said, all right, I guess I got to do a podcast. What do I do it on and why? And you just go forward and you just, and then all of a sudden that boldness, it's like, okay, I can do that. I can do this. I can, nobody cares. 
and, and they just want content that is valuable. And so it was just sort of that, that journey within this medium that, realized, that I realized that I pretty much, I just produced a couple of videos on sales and marketing, right? Just because I can. And, and that to me is just a, a you need to do that. I yeah. tell people all the time, do it. Dang, dang. So what, what, uh, we're going through probably one of the most, I guess, memorable times in our lifetime, this right. pandemic, this, this COVID thing. Um, what's the biggest disappointment you've experienced during this crazy time that we're living in? That's a great question. I, I try because I want to. I avoid the negatives. A lot of negatives out there, <laughs> right? And, and I try to uh, really... Uh, it's just a crazy time. So I, I have to avoid it because then, because as you could tell, I'm pretty passionate about things. And so I can allow my passion to really get out of control. So I really, I, I don't like the hurt that it's caused mm. people, families, individuals, companies. And it's that to me is the biggest, it's the biggest challenge. So for me, I, I, I want to fix that. So yeah. I'll, I'll do everything I possibly can using this particular flat platform to help companies, manufacturers open up opportunities and succeed. I just don't like seeing, you know, it's like seeing those stray dogs out there. It's like, <laughs> what am I going to do? I'll, I'll never sleep a wink in my life if I knew that I let them go. Uh, just is. So listeners, we, have, we had a little bit of technical difficulties starting today for some reason my my stuff wasn't working uh the way it should so scott was i guess kind enough to to wait on me to get my kinks worked out before we got going uh seems like the older i get the more kinks i have to work out before i get going and i'll let you use your imagination on that but here's the thing scott is a gadget guy so scott what's your what's your favorite gadget can be related to podcasting or not what's the coolest gadget that scott it's right here in my hand. It's a gimbal. It is a cell phone holding gimbal. If you're out there on video and you're looking at this, which you should be, I don't know where it's at, but you should. It is a gimbal. It ran me just south of a hundred bucks. So what I can do is put my cell phone in this gadget and then I can control it. It's all Bluetooth and then be able to create videos on the fly that follow your face and they flow and it's, it's, I don't have to sit in my studio all the time, which I do anyway, but I could go out and I could create videos that are a little bit more engaging because I've got this little $99 gimbal gadget and they're not that difficult. You got to cool. play around with it, but it's not that difficult. Right there. So where, where, where would a listener find that? Is that on Amazon? It is on Amazon. It's all over the place and I can never get the name right. It's, it's anyway. It's a, oh, I'll, I'll give it to you. If you got show notes, I'll give it to you. And it's cool. And it's 99 bucks. And it cool makes you that? look like a champ. Wow. <laughs> well, you heard it here. You need to get the cell phone gimbal. If you're listening, if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll, you'll, you saw the device. If you're listening, it's a really cool handheld device that can hold your phone and make you look like a pro if you're videoing in the field. Yeah, so cool. listeners may not know this, but uh, Scott and I have talked about working out before. Now, my workout routine has suffered tremendously through this pandemic. I haven't been going to the gym. I'm just now getting comfortable going back to the gym. 
what uh, what's the what's the what's what's your advice for diet and exercise as we are six months into this pandemic? <laughs> well, I wrote a book on exercising. It says move more and eat less, especially during the pandemic. I was on my COVID twenty five plan. I went right past nineteen, and I was just eating. I rediscovered barbecue chips and ham sandwiches, and they were delicious. And then, of course. I had some wine with that and then some other stuff. I mean, you just, it was just a really odd time. Now, the reality is you got to watch what you eat. And it's really, you got you to be careful and you got to move. So uh, my dogs got tired of me walking them. Uh, and then we go to a gym. It's called Hot Works. W-O-R-K, no, X, Hot Works, W-R-X. And if the virus survives in a 130-degree sauna, we got bigger fish to fry because that, <laughs> that is a miserable – but we go there, and I don't have to you, – you, you just naturally uh, are separated. You're not going to get in. Anyway, it's all hot. It's, so that's, that's how we got back into it. And, you know, it, it's just eat less, move wow. more. That, you, yeah. could, you could really, really have an impact. Eat less move more, right? <laughs> is, is it as simple as more calories burned than consumed? <laughs> and, and, I, and I mean, it's just like, it's, it's just as that. Uh, being a, it just is. I mean, I, I don't know how else. To, it's a two-page novel. So, you know, we're crazy enough to dig a little bit below the surface and not just be superficial with each other. Yeah. This is not a political podcast. Yeah. But when it comes to politics in general, are you interested but not involved? whatever i'm not interested interested and passionate or i just don't talk politics it's private um i i tend to stay away i'm very engaged when it comes to politics i hear what's going on uh again because of my level of passion right because i'm pretty energetic i i recognize that i just i gotta i gotta taper off it's like scott don't drink that other glass or cup of coffee because you're going to get really edgy. And, and so I, I, I really do. I, I tend to stay away from that stuff and it's, it's intentional because I think, I think people like you have insights, uh, other, uh, industrial leaders have great insights. They look at the world from a real, from a real perspective. And it's not driven by, it's like, I got to survive. I've got to rebuild this business and I got to figure out how to prosper. So I'm going to be real about it. I can't be political in that. I just can't. Mm, I got to mm. figure it out. And yeah. so I stay away from that. Do you think yeah. there's a lot of people who are highly, highly engaged, but do not talk about it, do not share their insights? I agree with that. I, I, I do. Because I'll tell you right now, I've done it once, right? And then the repercussion is miserable. And then it sucks up my time. And then it just, after a while, it's like, oh, forget it. Go ahead. Do what you need to do. I'm not responding. I think people fall into that category because we don't have the time. <laughs> if you're trying to build a business, if you're trying to survive, you don't have the time to sit there and jaw jack on some social platform saying, oh, I disagree with you because of these reasons. It could be valid, but I, I don't have the time. I'm too busy posting business. I think there's more people in that bucket than, than uh, the media 
likes to admit. Oh, I agree. Uh, I think that uh, th there is a there's a there's an argument to be made that this this virus has been politicized, that uh, it's been utilized mm -hmm. for other than sincere purposes. Mm -hmm. uh, there's even people tell me all the time they think that the virus will magically disappear as soon as the election is over. Uh, some people believe that. Uh, so what about the reaction to COVID itself? Are you one of those people that says, uh, if you look at an extreme, we have to hide from this and we have to let it go away before we come out? Or are you on the other extreme that says, this virus is everywhere. We need to be careful, but still be productive. Kind of, kind of where are you on the spectrum? And that's an interesting conversation. I, I for one, struggle with the mask. And the reason I struggle with the mask is because my head's big and it pulls my ears and it's uncomfortable and everything about it. And, it, and I feel confined. That's one. Two, if it's business, right? If it's business, I will comply and do whatever is necessary to help that business. You want me to come on, on, I just, I recently went to up into Cleveland, right? And I was brought in by uh, an association called Team Neo, Northeast Ohio. Mm. And I was fortunate to be able to tootle around and visit manufacturers. Now they all have their procedures in place that you comply with. And it's important because whether you agree with it or you don't, the reality is, is that some entity can come in and shut you down. So I'm willing to do whatever is necessary to make sure that that business is up and running, succeeds, and I'm not going to violate anything that impacts that business. Now, do I go out and go to the restaurants and stuff? No, I don't. Because it's no fun. Mm. I, I don't understand. And I, it's, I, I, I don't understand how I could go to a restaurant with my mask on and then find a seat and then I can pull my mask off. I don't understand. So I just like, yeah, let me go get my barbecue chips and ham sandwiches. I'm ready to roll. <laughs> so, you know, we're in Northeast Texas. Uh, we played our, my, my, my youngest son is a, is a junior this year. And it, for those of you overseas, that's in his 11th year uh, of school of 12. And we played our first high school football game, varsity football game last Thursday night. Uh, where wow. We got our first, uh, uh, I guess, district game coming up. No, pre-district game coming up this week. Uh, we are, we're pretty much back to normal in Northeast Texas. We go out to eat, uh, people, you'll see signs about the mask, uh, but you don't have to wear the mask. Um, it is very much a, a personal thing. Uh, and it's weird when I talk to people that are geographically in a different place in the U S oh my gosh, they go, I can't believe you guys are doing that in Texas. And I said, well, you got to understand Texas is as, the, as big as four or five other States combined. You really can't just lump Texas into one state and look at our numbers and think that's the way we are. Uh, so you're coming to us from Louisiana, I believe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Tell us, tell us about where you're from and where you're at right now, and what's what's it like? Uh, mask mandatory, right? Uh, they're trying to get business back to normal. I, I once again, I I am very passionate, and I tend to want to avoid any frustration because I've got an obligation to businesses and trying to help them succeed. That's one. Two, so I limit my out the door. I feel like I'm taking up the Howard Hughes approach to life. It's like, I'm not going out there. It's not that I'm a germaphobe. I just don't want to put who in 
See, I sit there and I forget my mask. And all of a sudden I forget my mask in my truck and then I can't go in. Mm. Makes me mad. And so <laughs> I'll turn around and I'll just go back. And I was like, I'm not going to buy that. It's, forget it's, it. It's, it's, I'm just, just like, I'm going home. Oh, I'll, I'll have a peanut butter sandwich. I'm not that hungry. <laughs> so, no, so, so it's different. So I'm a foodie. I'm yeah. a foodie and I, I love to, I love to, cook i love to look at different foods um where what's the food scene like in your part of louisiana so that's interesting so i'm originally from california right so in california uh and, and it's not what you think listeners it's not where you think i'm from i grew up in the desert right and so uh it's it's, it's a different food scene there but when i when we moved to louisiana there were a couple of things that i had to do I had to make a good gumbo. I had to make a good jambalaya. I had to, had to do, I had to roast a pig. I had to learn how to roast a pig. So I do those well, but, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's how the food is. You got your traditional Cajun type of food and Louisiana, New Orleans, but then I like, I like the innovation that comes with some of these things. Right. And they'll, They'll take something like, hey, here's some cracklings, and then we're going to stick it with some ice cream, and then we're going to create a Cajun, you know, things like that. They'll just, uh -huh. they're very creative. And uh, my recommendation, if you ever come to Louisiana, don't shy away from anything. You try it all. And don't, don't poop. Like if you get a grilled oyster, get a grilled oyster. You, you will not be disappointed. Mm, so anyway, there's, it's all over the board. It's just unique. Are you a raw oyster guy? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so I went to this conference one time, and it was just a local conference, and it was, uh, there was a company called Acme Oyster House. Pretty big around, but they had a booth, right? And not everybody likes uh, raw oysters. I like raw oysters. So they had a booth there. And as time went on, they started shucking. They started opening up raw oysters and uh, realized that not everybody likes raw oysters, but they're not going to take raw oysters back, right? So guess where I sat for the like three hours? It's like they're like, yeah, here, have some more, have some more. I like that Tabasco. Give me some lemon. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it was it was the best day of my life. So so day. speaking of that, I, I I'm a neophyte when it comes to oysters, or I I didn't know I was at first. I didn't I, yeah. I didn't know what I didn't know, and yeah. you know, having enjoyed raw oysters for most of my adult life, I was on a trip to Vancouver, Canada. And yeah. I go to this, this restaurant, it's a really cool hip place and uh, they've got outdoor seating. And of course it's not hot like it is in Texas all the time, yeah. but yeah. Um, sitting outside and, and they, they bring you a menu that is just for oysters. And there's a whole yeah. page of different kinds of oysters that you can select yeah. from. Yeah. I'm like, wow, this is a whole new world that I never knew existed because in Texas, if you get raw oysters, there's there, there's no type of raw oyster. It's just a raw oyster. Did, did were you aware that 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 food had that much depth or breadth? I did, and and it was interesting. It was my my uh, I built a terminal up in uh, uh, Seattle, a bulk liquid terminal. So in that area, there's just oysters galore, right? And there's various types of various, and and they have something that's different. Down here, you got the horseradish, you got the, the Tabasco, and you got the lemon. And you, you, but up there, they've got this sort of this sauce that you can put on it, very vinegary, very, I don't know what it's, red, delicious. Hmm. Now, of course, 
my palate is probably not as sophisticated as the ones up there. They all tasted great. I couldn't tell the difference. Yeah, this one's a big one. This one's not so big. Yeah. I could see sizes, but I couldn't tell the difference in flavor. Uh, you know, that's, that's what they cool. say. They even described how they taste. And I'm, I'm like you, maybe I'm not refined, but they were all good. But I, I couldn't go, I couldn't pick them from a blind taste test for sure. Heck no. Once again, <laughs> that's a big one. That's, that's sort of mid-size. There's a small one. It's, uh, it's all size related. <laughs> I'll only do this with you, Scott, because you're my friend. But uh, I was in San Diego last year for an event. Yep. And I had some downtime. I said, well, I'll just go to one of these nice places on the beach and, and get some oysters and just, you know, have a good time. And I went in to order some oysters and they, they sold them by the half dozen. And I said, the half dozen? And it was like 25 bucks for a half dozen oysters. And I'm like, man, what a ripoff. I said, I said, and they came out and they were tiny. So I got, I said, what, $25 for these? I said, this, this, this in no way makes sense. I mean, we, in Texas, we, you, you can have 50 cent oysters I know it. in some places. And we're not even yeah. on the coast. In San Diego, they're going to be $25 for six. Yeah. Like, Unacceptable. That's that California pricing for you. That's I know why right. you left now. I know why you left California now. <laughs> the oysters. Yeah. No, you know why I left California? It was the fact that uh, uh, it, it started with, I grew up in Barstow, California, and I love Barstow, California, but there's a whole world that's outside of Barstow. So I wanted to explore. Ah. So I, we've got family that live in the desert. They live in Palmdale, Acton, that area. Oh, yeah, and we, absolutely. We, we try to go there once or twice a year, and it's uh, – it's one of my favorite places to visit, but I don't know that I'd ever want to live there. Did you ever get caught up by some of the wind that happens up there? We've seen some wind up there. It, it's serious. <laughs> it just comes ripping off of the mountains, and it's humming. It'll take the paint right off of your car, and it will. <laughs> seen it. Um, Happened. That's one of my favorite places to visit because my, my, my brother-in-law, he's very active uh, in the martial arts like we've been yeah. and, and dirt, dirt biking. And if that part of the world, listeners, if, if you can get this in your mind, but you can literally go snowboarding in the mountain in the yeah. morning and go to the beach and swim in the afternoon. It's that, it's that complex a region with the mountains. It's just really cool. It, it, it is. And, and it was, uh, when I was a boy, we would sit out uh, on, on the lawn and my, you know, and there's really no lights. It's, it's dark. And when it's dark, you, the stars are just so brilliant. And that was where the first time I ever saw like satellites, hmm. satellites that are not in geosynchronous orbit, just zipping by. You could see them zipping by and it's, you just sit there and there's no bugs. Wow. I love the smell of the desert too. You know, you, you, yes. when you live in East Texas, like I do, we're, yeah. we're on the Western side of what you call the big thicket. It's this huge yeah. pine tree formation in the Southeast United States. We're on the Western side of that. Uh, so it smells like pine trees here in East Texas. But when you go to the desert, there's that very noticeable desert smell, which is, which is a cool smell. It is. It is. And if it, if you get a little moisture with that, it's pretty dang cool. Yeah. So let me yeah. give you a let me give you a harder question. So yeah, talk to me. We are uh, we're we're giving advice to our twenty five year old self, Scott. What would you tell your twenty five year old self? And that's interesting because if I and I've thought about that, as you can imagine, because all I do is sit in a salt mine doing podcasts and figuring out ways of being able to communicate. Um, I would have been an entrepreneur sooner. I would have not 
I, I went to school. I did all, I did everything that, and, and got a job and got into debt, like a house and things, you know, your typical stuff. If I had to do it all over again, I'd been probably far more focused on uh, entrepreneurship, creating something, building something. And, and yeah, it's hard. It's not easy. But upon reflection, that's all I do now, right? <laughs> and, and if I had done it earlier and, and been bold and brave and, and, and stepped out and figured that out, it, it would have been a different, different thing. Yeah. I would have probably known my purpose a little sooner of, of helping people succeed. These young so people amaze me. me. I think that's great advice. So, so I hear you saying if, you're, if you have that entrepreneurial bug or that entrepreneurial seizure, as Michael Gerber calls it, <laughs> do it earlier, not yeah. later. Yeah. And I see, I see young people starting businesses yeah. as opposed to going to work for the man. It sounds like you went to work for the man like I did. Oh, yeah, school. yeah. I was in the, the utility space. I was climbing towers. I, that's, it's sort of a good and a bad. And the reason I can speak on industrial talk and do industrial conversation is because I've been there, done that. So I know and I understand. But, you know, I, I just, I think that there's just so much, especially today, right? I mean, technology is really an enabler to be able to generate and look at other look at opportunities differently like when i when i talk on the podcast i always talk about you need to collaborate you need to innovate you need to educate and those are the three things and you need to do it with a sense of purpose and speed right and if you're not collab you don't have all the answers you don't i don't have all the answers but there are people that have answers you knit them together and he's got sort of a better picture and innovation especially today when we start talking about uh, industry 4.0, uh, digitization, all of the technology that exists out there, it even goes beyond that. And that's what you bring to the table is you're innovative when you start looking at organizations. And it's not real technology. It's just a, an innovative way to be able to retain talent. And then, of course, educate. There's, you, you should be educating each and every day. Learn something because it's out there. And, and, and it makes you better. And it gives you a greater depth of knowledge and it and there should be no reason why not i mean do it gosh so, please so i've podcasted about this recently about should you pick trade school over harvard mm -hmm. you know in today's reality and when you talked about technology here's something i'm firmly passionate about that i believe in wholeheartedly that that we were on a especially our generation generation uh x baby boomers we were on this this predisposed path to go to college if you had the means after high school. And it got so diluted that it really didn't even matter what you majored in. As long as you got a degree and yeah. something, whatever, it doesn't matter. Well, I wholeheartedly disagree with that now. I think that because of technology and how it's impacted the world, we have to develop some skill. There has to be a skill that people have to learn. And I would tell a young person, if you can, if you can go to trade school, if you can go to technical school and get a skill first that gives you a, a, a way to earn a really good living. I do consulting in Plaquemine, Louisiana at the Dow chemical plant. And there's young people making just gobs of money. I said, yeah. you know, the, yeah. the word educated is changing. And if it doesn't have some sort of high demand skill, you are, in some cases, you've got kids going into debt, $100,000, $200,000 worth of yeah. debt for a job that, or for a, 
for, for a degree that will not even get them a job. What are yeah, your thoughts no, on that? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm a big, because I'm in industry, I'm always talking about, uh, I, I taught at a technical college. I taught PLCs, programmable logic. Anyway, I taught there. And the reason I taught there is because there's just so much benefit that exists as a result of going down that trade route. Uh, God bless if you want to go to college, but not everybody's going to be college material. Now, what does that mean? I believe manufacturing industry have a huge need in competent technicians. They just do. And, and there is, and it's not, it's not like, you know, digging a ditch. It's serious technology and it's serious education. And um, so I'm constantly uh, preaching on that. And in fact, when I was up in um, Cleveland, Ohio, I visited a company called Jurgens uh, Inc. Jurgens, not the lotion people. This is a, a manufacturing company that manufactures things that hold things. I'm glad you clarified because I was thinking lotion as soon as you said Yeah, that. that's, they get that call every day, but they've been around <laughs> longer than the Jurgens thing. And uh, I, I had the honor to be able to interview the CEO, uh, Jack Sharon. And uh, he is big time into education. And he, if you're looking out of the video, this is his program, Fast Forward, Think, Make, Grow. And so what he'll do is he'll bring in people. This is, and he'll put them on the floor, CNC, all of that stuff, and begin to train them and to begin to uh, help them succeed in a very, very, uh, I guess, lucrative business of, of doing this stuff. But this is a great program, and, it's, and he started this because he needed help mm. getting, getting talent to be able to do that. That's yeah. a big deal. It's a big deal. Do you think we'll see the resurgence of apprenticeships in some of those fields as opposed to a God, formal I education? So. I hope so. Uh, when I was a lineman, I started out, uh, I, this is how I got a job at uh, Southern California Edison. I picked the most challenging location in the most challenging uh, department. So it was South Central LA. That's the location. And when I say challenging, it's challenging because it's congested. It's, mm. it's got, if you look at a pole and you look at all of the things that are attached to it, that's challenging to climb by or get up around or work around anyway. So that's why that's challenging. And the second thing, transmission, it's not the little low things. It's all towers. It's poles that are 100 feet, and you're climbing them, right, because it's congested. So anyway, I started there, and I entered the, the apprenticeship program as a groundman, and it took me, it took me four years to become a journeyman. Mm, wow. Journeyman, lineman, climbing towers, yeah. running crews, doing all of that stuff. And the apprenticeship is like, yeah, you need apprenticeships. It's yeah. It's different to be in the technical college or trade college, whatever it might be. That's fine. Nothing beats. Hey, Scott, get your butt up that tower and figure <laughs> it out. And it, it doesn't beat that. And then have some sort of skilled, you know, crotchety journeyman help you through and, get, and teaching you stuff. That's so cool. So this That's is this is deal. The, this is the irony and the beauty of a podcast like this, listeners. This is how people's lives can converge in ways that you never even imagined they could. So my youngest is junior in high school and he is, uh, 
he's there's a there's been a little trend here in our community we have a technical college close to us less than an hour away and some of his friends are going to learn how to become overhead power linemen and that's what yeah. he wants to do he wants to be an overhead no power way lineman. And they said the demand uh, for that job is so high right now, they can't find enough of them. So he, that's, they, that's they what he can. It is. Well, good, man. That's uh, if he, if he needs to talk to somebody who, uh, I mean, it, it, don't get me wrong. It's not natural. You're not naturally wanting to climb a stick a hundred feet in hooks and then be able to work up there and dance around that pole and be able to pull line. It's, it's not a natural thing. It's, it's so, you know, sometimes I was scared. That's pretty cool. Pretty cool. So tell us about industrial talk podcast. Why did you start it? I needed to change the conversation I'd have with industry. I needed to be able to open doors and all this platform is, is just the ability to be able to open doors and open up opportunities. So in, in a nutshell, it is a lead gen platform. Not for me, for clients. And the reason it's for clients is that I can get into places that they can't. I just can't. And I can talk to executives that they can't talk to because if, if a company comes to me and says, Scott, uh, we'd like to be able to target these prospects. I will target. I will get them on the podcast. I will create a pod, uh a program around it. It gives you so many uh, opportunities to open doors. It just does beyond anything that I've ever done. And I've been around the block a few times. This has been so unique in the ability. So um, outside of the fact that I get to talk to great people, it is a lead gen sales marketing platform. And so I look at it every time when I have an interview with anybody I'm looking at it from how can you leverage this podcast for your benefit? Do we create a series? How can I open doors? And that's, that's the way it has always rolled. It's not a vanity project for me. It's just not, I just happened to yammer. So 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 that's what the industrial talk. So, so let's say there's a CEO listening to this right now. Take that CEO through how your podcast could help her develop leads. Interesting, great, great. Con- yeah, I will, and it's it's simple. So if if you have let's let's just take let's let's just take it this way. That CEO has targeted prospects, right? We make or manufacture this, or we do something like this, whatever it is. And I guarantee you that CEO or that vice president of manufacture, whatever it might be, have targeted prospects. So what I've done with other people, I've created the Heroes of Manufacturing, which celebrates the manufacturers all around the world. It's like, hey, tell us your story. How are you doing this? So I can get myself into the doors of these prospects, give them a valuable asset in the, pro- in the podcast, open up other opportunities for them to succeed, make the introduction between the two, hey, you need to know this person and this person, you need to know this person and be able to facilitate that and they're warm, uh, qualified uh, opportunities. Wow. They just are. 
because in that conversation, I will always just sort of begin pulling out information that is relevant and the pain associated with what they're dealing with. Oh, hi, hey, how you doing? Like you're doing with me. Hey, what do you think about this? Well, I think about, you're just <laughs> gaining information on it. And it's the same thing. And you, can, you have a, a very simple, tactical approach on opening the doors to these other prospects. It's what it is. Wow. And you do it. And it just keeps on going. It could be at various levels. Easy. So it sounds like you help people tell their story. Absolutely. And then beyond that, so you could create, not just from a company's perspective, it's not just like, hey, I'm the CEO. We're wonderful. We do this. Nah, man, bring in the human side. The CEO needs to find those human people within that organization, and, and then they feel great. Mm. And they have a story to tell. And then it just keeps on going. And now you have this great content that, from a marketing perspective, you can slice and dice and meet this person and, and create snippets. It is a content generating machine and it is unique if you've done right. Mm. Right. And it, and it, it is, goes around the numbness. Yeah. It just goes around that, you know, numbness. Like I see it all the time. It just does. So interesting. Uh, I am actually doing a coaching sales call today or a zoom. It's a, it's a, it's a two hour oh. zoom that t helping a, a sales manager. Uh, one of the things that I think is remarkable, Scott, is this, this wholesale shift in how companies like those manufacturers you help get their yeah. product to a buyer. And here's what I don't think many CEOs have realized yet that, that 80%, 80% of the buyer's journey, takes place before they talk to a salesperson. In other words, they, I've heard numbers up to 85 to 87%. So they've anything, already done all of the, yeah. And, and anything that they click on builds trust, builds that pre-relationship so that they want to hire you or they want to use your company. And there's, you know, this, if we do our jobs right with this medium that we have, there's no such thing as a cold call anymore. It's a warm no. call. We, we warm the lead up, like you said. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm telling you, listeners, I'm telling you right now, I've got a, I got a series like why you need to podcast and it takes you through every step. It's like right there. It, it makes complete and utter sense. And if you're not doing it, you're saying, oh, I don't have the voice. I don't do this. Figure it out. Ask me, ask John, I don't care. It is a, it's gotta be a part of your marketing and your sales portfolio. So one of the things I always do is, is I, I just got done doing this video. It's like, who do I know? And I'll ask this question, who, do, and this is after, I'm not doing it during the podcast. So I'll say, who do I know that you need to know? And they'll say, you know, I need to know X, Y, Z. Fantastic, I'll open up that door. And I'll make the, and everybody benefits. It's all just wonderful win-win yeah. everywhere. Yeah. It is. And, you know, this is, this is also something I teach, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. But, yeah. you know, one of the ways that you can know how interested a potential buyer of your product or service is, is by how many engagements they have on your website. So they go to your website, they listen to your podcast, they read your blog, they, they, they open an email, whatever, whatever. Um, it sounds like industrial talk is one of those mediums through which customers can can build that trust with their potential next customer by putting the work out there ahead of time. Yeah, and, and it's not only that. This is this is a hack. This is another hack that I always. It's it's 
one of those things, first off, if you, if you have any type of digital presence out there, LinkedIn, Facebook, whatever, where, whatever you feel like you're warm and fuzzy, I'm a big LinkedIn guy just because that's where my primary market avatar resides. But if, if you're out there, you need to be engaged. Find your prospect, whatever it might be, you know, Susie Q. And she just did a, uh, did a thing on whatever it is. You better be following Susie Q. If that's your prospect, you follow. And then you say, thumbs up, let me comment it, and make a comment that makes sense, that Susie sees you actively engaged. That's one. We don't do that. Mm. Industry doesn't do that as well as I get notifications. When somebody likes one of my things, I'm on it and say, thank you very much for liking it. I make it fast because the algorithms within LinkedIn or the other ones are looking at speed to reaction. And if you're fast to it, and if you're meaningful, and if you're engaged, you just got to do it. This is the world we live in, in, the, in this next normal of COVID. This is it. Whether you like it or not, you're going to have to learn how to do it. The second thing is that you can always take the podcast. You can post the podcast. And you can slap it out there on LinkedIn and say, hey, this is the solution. And then what I do is if I see a target, I'll just say, hey, I was thinking about you when I was doing this podcast right there and link to them in your LinkedIn. Cool. And all of a sudden, it pops. It it's, goes around the whole email thing. It goes right into them. It's like, hey, somebody commented about me on, on LinkedIn. They look at it, and it's you <laughs> talking about, hey, I was thinking about you when I was doing this podcast. Now you're building that, and now you're following. Now you're engaged, and it's just, you just got to do it, whether you like it or not. You got to do it. I've heard of this Scott McKenzie guy. How did I hear of this guy? I know this guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. So, now that's gonna be that's really weird, man. When I go to a conference and somebody finds you're Scott McKenzie, like I yep. know you, you yep, don't know me. I guess so here's what's cool. Here's what's cool. I tell people, you know, well, I'll put it this way: I'm coaching a few CEOs right now, and I said, "How are you yep. doing with your LinkedIn presence?" not just for customers, but for employees. How are you doing with that? Well, not so good. I said, well, we, let's, let's talk about how we amp that up a little bit. Let's talk, about, let's talk about setting some goals, being specific about LinkedIn. And I had one CEO, he said, my goal is to put one piece of content on LinkedIn per week. I said, one a week. I said, hmm, how'd you pick that number? And we talked about it. I said, I said I'm going to call BS on you. I said, yeah. Yeah. one a week means you're probably a little bit arrogant that people are going to see your content if you put it on a week. I said, let's say you have 5,000 followers on LinkedIn, 5,000, not huge, not small. It's a good number. Mm -hmm. Do you think the algorithm is going to make it so that your one piece of content that you post once a week is going to be seen by the 5,000 people that follow you? He goes, no. I never thought about it that way. I said, are you worried about going big? He goes, what do you mean? I said, I think you should post 10 times a day on LinkedIn. And you're still not going to, all your people are still not going to see your stuff. What are your thoughts on that? Agree, disagree? Oh, I absolutely agree. I, I post so often. I've got robots. I've got stuff out there that keep me constantly in the face of the, just people. Whether they like it, they see me. I don't know. They just possibly see me, right? That's one. Two, I will be engaged. See, it's one thing to post and then people post like I'm, I'm right. If I look at, let's go over here. If I go to my LinkedIn account and I fire up LinkedIn 
and this is this is real time, you listeners out there. This is what I see. I see. Here's a quote. Here's a canned. Here's a canned uh, uh, picture. It's like it's numb. Not there's another canned picture. There's a there's a great human story of a young man trying to walk. Fantastic. I stopped there. But if I see canned stuff, that's what you've got to get past. You've got to create the content, and you've got to be able to constantly think about it, and you've got to be engaged. So I'll go out there, and I'll see something, and, and if I, that's a prospect that I'm interested in, I'm engaging. I'm going to say, what do you think about that? You've got to do it. <laughs> it, it's, it, what, it. It is what it is. I've used the analogy. I said LinkedIn is like electronic speed dating for singles. I said, you, you can't just post out there and hope that some hot chick's going to see you and say, hey, I want to talk no. to you. I, I want to come talk to you. You know, you have to engage. So at some point, you've got to go ask her out. You've got to go ask her if you can buy her a cup of coffee, whatever. And that's what yeah, I think. That's to. what I hear you saying about the engagement. You can't just be passive. And you have to. Yeah. You, you've, and and you've got to be meaningful. You've got to start from here. You've got to start from your heart. It can't just because I'm just uh, – no. You've got to take interest in that particular post. And if that individual is saying something that is interesting to you, respond and be meaningful about it yeah. and learn something from it. You got to do it that way or it just becomes, you know, hypocrisy in a sense. So what's, yeah. what about, so since you, since you're in this space and I don't want to, yeah. you know, I don't want to get too deep into this, but I, I think your advice is wonderful here. Um, Let's say you've got a business owner, be it a, a small entrepreneur, they own a restaurant, or it's a big manufacturing company, whatever. And they are, they're in the process of posting on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. uh, or they've got a website that they want to promote. Do you yeah. see so many companies making the mistake of just putting up a brochure online and thinking that their mm -hmm. website is adequate? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I see it all the time. And, and it's, it's interesting because I think that there's, they're, they're pre-virus, we could, we could get along with our B game. We just did. Things were just sort of humming along. We got a B game. Post-virus, next normal, whatever that looks like, you better bring your A game and you better start thinking about this whole digital world that we live in and figure out how to leverage it. I'm going to share this and it's going to probably tick people off, but I'm going to share it nonetheless. So when I ran, um, I ran a, uh, a maintenance company. I had a lot of people, all of that front, and I had in-house a, uh, a marketing department. I did, just did. And I spent a lot of money. And I didn't see, because it was my fault, me, not their fault, me. I didn't see uh, any return on that, what they were doing. Because one, I didn't understand and I didn't see the value in it. That's one. And then one day, I just woke up and I said, you got to get off your dead butt, Scott. And you got to figure this out. You got to figure this digital world out. And you better do it. And you better do it now. That began this particular journey. And, you know, I, we parted ways. I said, Scott, you're going to have to do it yourself. You know what I realized? This stuff can be done by, it could be done very effective very effectively at a reduced cost and greater benefits. You just, it, it just can. I just realized I spent a lot of money without a, a good return on that, but that was my fault. Mm. Now I'm out there. All I think about is how do I market better? 
How do I communicate my message better? How do I open up doors? And this is all for the other, for everybody else. If, if I can benefit, that's it. And I leverage the tools that I have. And it's all out there. On it. I share it. It's all, food. there you yeah. go. This is what I do. Yeah. You do it too. Oh, so here, we're going to do a, a unplanned experiment on today's podcast. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, yeah. this is for all you listeners who, who may be thinking, John, you're crazy 10 times a day on LinkedIn. You must be nuts. People get tired of seeing you. People get tired of hearing you. I start every morning, typically 6, 6.30 with a positive quote on LinkedIn, just a positive quote. And throughout the rest of the day, my goal is to put at least 10 pieces of value-rich content. It could be a soundbite from one of my podcasts. It could be yep. an article that I write. It could be a link to a blog that I write. Uh, at least 10 deliberate postings on LinkedIn. Do you see me all the time on LinkedIn? We're connected on LinkedIn. Scott and nope. I are connected. Do you see me all nope. the time on LinkedIn? Nope. I don't. Isn't that crazy? No. Isn't that so something? The apprehension. It's a pay for play. That's right. Pay to play. The apprehension about going big on LinkedIn is people are afraid they're going. People are going to get fatigued and, and get tired of seeing them. But the algorithm no. doesn't work that way, does it? No, it it doesn't. It has. I mean, I'm just you're you're spot on, and I'm looking, and it's it's uh, it's a pay pay to play. That's one thing. But you got to you got to keep at it, and you got to get engaged got that is probably the biggest the biggest success factor that i've found you want people to be engaged with you you need to be engaged with them and it's got to be them and 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 if you're not forget it forget it (laughs) so so what advice would you have for a ceo let's say it's a it's a 10 million dollar company a small good sized business and he or she says i just don't have time for linkedin john i just don't have time Find somebody that has time that's going to be posting and that is engaged, that is watching your, your feed, right? And a list of targets, your prospects, that you better be following them. You can't just be, you know, sitting back in your, you know, leather chair and just hope that in your house, of course, because you're not, you can't just be sitting there. You've got to have some sort of active presence out there that is targeting, and I guarantee you, I don't care how big you are, you have prospects and you better be following them and you better be actively engaged. Either you find somebody that can, you know, write in your, you know, stead or you do it yourself. Either or, you got to be active, period. You do. Period. You can't be lazy. I learned that when I was running my other company. <laughs> I, I was lazy. Now I'm not. Because <clears throat> I want to close deals. I'm a huge fan of Grant Cardone's 10x philosophy. You got a 10x. 10x. Success is infinite. There's no limit to success. You can have as much as you're willing to work for. It's a hack. You called it a hack earlier. It is a hack. It's a hack. It is. And And, and you know what? This has been the real big bugaboo for me. One is that I can't stop thinking about this. How else can I communicate? How else can I leverage? What else exists out there and you know as well as i do john i've went through a ton of technology to find the ones that makes there's still more out there a lot of shiny objects out there there it's just it never ends can i be better with my my written copy can i yes how can i i gotta read i gotta educate i gotta learn more Mm. because you there's 
there's strategies around and tactics around all of that. Wow. I, I, I just, it's exciting. It's an exciting time. That's so cool. And, and this virus has made it even more important. Like you said, it's not, people say in sales, it's who, you know, I said, no, 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 no. It's not who, you know, it's who knows you, who knows you, who knows Scott McKenzie, who knows That's John exactly right. It's, 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 it's exactly right. <laughs> and that is just profound. Take note of that. And, and it's, it's interesting. Now, this is interesting. I, you know as well as I do, everybody that's been on my podcast, I can call them on their cell phone. Direct. Yep. CEOs, big people, because it's, on the, it's like, yeah, it's Scott. I was on his podcast. He's a great guy. He likes beer. Whatever it is, I, I don't know. I can call him. You got to right. get to that level. Yep. You got to get to that level. And that's the a, only way is going to stepping out. That is a really cool goal. Do you have your customer's cell phone number and can you call them? Because if you don't, you're not close enough, right? That's exactly correct. That's exactly correct. And it's, yeah. it, might, it might start with a LinkedIn comment, right? It'll start with that. Start with the engagement. It can start. So every time, just every time, um, I'll always ask for the cell phone. I said, I, my, my interaction is like, hey, I might come across some company that's looking for your services or your solutions or your product, whatever. I don't want to waste time. So I need your cell phone and you need to know that I'm going to call you back because if I come across an opportunity for you, I'm going to make it happen. Well, how, how many are going to say, well, no, Scott, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Nobody, nobody, nobody. <laughs> you got to be nuts. <laughs> and, and I will, I will. I'll just say, you got to talk to this. So do you think, do you think some people are just afraid or lazy? What, what's the, what, what's, what's the real issue? I think it's fear. I think there's fear, and I think that this next normal has really uh, challenged. We were lazy. We were just sort of soft over here pre-virus, and we just – all of this stuff is out there, right? But I think we were just lazy, got home, 9 to 5, drink our wine, whatever it might be. It's a different time, and you better have a sense of urgency. And I think that now – like, I'll give you an example. If I call people or if I say, hey, you want to be on a podcast, they'll say, well, well what are the questions? I'm not going to ask you any questions. I'm, we're just going to do it extemporaneous. Woo. <laughs> that's just, that's fear. I get people to say, how did I look? I don't care. How do I look? If I look like, and I always look like this, I look like hell. It, 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 people just, just think about the people that are just dying for solutions and content. And mm. if you have the answer, they're going to listen to you. And they're not going to sit there going, well, Scott just said, um, way too many times. And that's just irritating to me. It, yeah. it doesn't happen. No, it just no. doesn't happen. You don't no. want them as a customer anyway. Beautiful, beautiful advice. You heard it here on crazy enough to win folks. So tell, <laughs> let's, let's tell our listeners how to find you. If they, they, I like this McKenzie guy. How do I find this guy? How do they, find you. Excellent. Industrialtalk.com. Go out to that website. And then if you want to contact me, just go, well, it's on the menu and say, it's contact me. <laughs> contact. And then just enter it and I'll, I'll, we'll do a Zoom. It's all automated. I, I mean, we'll have a conversation and I'm more than happy to figure out how to promote you in this whole industrial and manufacturing world. Let's have that conversation. Because so you hear that we have your listeners. story needs to be told. 
we have listeners in Thailand and there's a CEO of a company and he wants to be on your podcast. He Mm -hmm. can go to industrialtalk.com and you will talk to him in his native language. Uh, You just stretched the truth. I will talk to him (laughs) and I will do the best I can in his native language. I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. So industrialtalk.com. Did you have to pay for that? What the the URL? Yeah. So it's a URL. You, you want to know the you don't you want to know the story? I had to buy JohnGrubs.com. I had to buy it for like seven hundred bucks. I couldn't believe it. I had to buy JohnGrubs.com. I was just curious if you had to buy it. I did, and this is how it worked. This is sort of pre. They've changed their way they approach. So I go to GoDaddy. So when I said, "Hey, I want to do this podcast," and then the guy comes to me, it needs to be called Industrial Talk, and I said, "There is no way that URL is available." Okay, so we go out there. It does on GoDaddy, industrialtalk.com, and it's taken. I said, okay. Mm. He goes, fear not. Let's uh, send a guy who owns the URL. Let's talk to him. And, it, and he said, it's about 2300 bucks. I said, oh, hell no. And then he comes back the next day, and I want to see it again. It went up to 3200 bucks. And I said, oh, no, I'm going to have to figure out a better name. And I, and I wrote him back, and I was a, it was a nice little email. I said, thank you very much, but that's just way outside of my budget. I uh, appreciate it. You're a great guy. Good luck with that. One week later, he goes, would you take it for 400 I said, absolutely. And then you go through the whole process of, and I, that's how I bought it. 400 That's a good one. That's all good new. One. All new experience. It's I didn't know how to do it. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think every human being that exists on the internet is like, man, if I would have 20 years ago, if I would have just thought of some really cool names and just bought them early, you know, I could have, I could have retired. Beer.com. Yeah. Hotel.com. Hotel.com. Yeah. I mean, it's just like crazy. Yeah. Hilarious. All right. So no, it's all cool, man. It's cool stuff. So I've taken you longer than I planned to, but this has been really ah. awesome, Scott. Uh, what, what kind Love of, what, what final thoughts would you share with a listener, uh, of this podcast, what, what, what would be a great, I guess, final message to leave with a listener? Uh, you got to tell your story. Get out there, do it. Stop being so self-conscious. Get out there, tell your story, have fun, experience life, make it happen, and then do it again, and then do it again, and listen to how you can leverage these digital platforms for your success. Figure it out. Get out there, collaborate, innovate, and educate now. How's that? Great, great advice. So, so let, me, let me add to that because I think what you said was so yeah. beautiful. People think nobody wants to hear my podcast. Well, well, yeah. nobody, I said there are 7 billion people on the planet. There is someone out there that is excited about what you have to say, your story, your, whether you're podcasting about needlepoint. It doesn't matter what it is. There's somebody in that sea of 7 billion that wants to hear it, and you've got to get it out there. I'll give you a real example. So when I finally, you know, after researching all the equipment and I got the website and I did all this, whatever, all of a sudden I said, I got to do a podcast. So I sat down and I did a podcast and I think it was on time. I don't know. Time is now. Don't waste. Anyway, I did it because all I wanted to see is post it, see if it gets out there. All right, cool. Run the process. It all worked. It's like, oh, okay, cool. Did it sound? Oh, okay. No, it sounded like crap. However, 700 podcasts later, I've, I've sort of feel a little bit more warm and fuzzy behind a mic. 
But that first podcast, I remember waking up, I get on it. I look, I look at it posted. I had two downloads. <laughs> Nobody heard me. Two downloads. It's like, I remember telling my wife, what the hell? Look at that. That's crazy. Yeah. And I think you, you said something really interesting too, that I don't want to just leave without really emphasizing this. Um, you're going to be number 71, episode number 71 for, for this podcast. Um, uh-huh. as, you, as you do it, it doesn't go away. I mean, I've got people downloading podcasts that I did in February or March. or I mean, you, and, and plus, you get more, I guess you get more comfortable doing it. It gets more natural. It gets more organic. And I think that's what yeah. people love to, love to hear in a podcast. But it, it, you're absolutely spot on, John. But it opens up a different, an innovative way of thinking about your marketing and thinking about sales, especially today. And it just opens up. It's like, we can do it this way. What if I add this? Oh, that's pretty cool. That might be impactful. And it just gives you a platform to do more, to be more creative, to be more innovative. And it just does. It doesn't stop. It's, it's pretty cool. So yeah. I tell people the, the, the most difficult journey in life is often the first step. Just the first step. Just do it. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. You'll get better at Just it. You'll it. enjoy it. It'll be fun. Um, is there any context in your mind in which uh, a CEO shouldn't have a podcast on his or her home uh, page? Yeah. Here, here's my, and, and I call it the webinar effect, right? And I, we talked about this, right? I don't know if it was in the podcast or beforehand. I have no idea. But it's do not. The beauty of podcasting is that it brings out the human side. Everything has got to be human. That's why you go to Facebook and you see kittens. You got to stop and look at it because it's cute and it's funny and it's humid. So the same thing has to be applied to your podcast. Do not translate a, a corporate format to a podcast. It won't tra- people won't listen to it. People won't. People know that podcasts are expressive in a sense. And you don't know what's going to happen around the corner. Somebody might drop the, you know, a bomb or you just don't know. That's what makes it so engaging. And, and my recommendation is yes, you need to do something. No, don't make it corporate, make it fun, make it engaging, make it dynamic. And that's where, that's where it's, it's challenging. Like I, I, I know I have that sort of gregarious type personality. Many don't hire me. I don't care. I'll be your voice. What the hell? <laughs> so what I hear you saying is do not start a podcast for your company. If you're just going to read your corporate propaganda. That's it, man. Don't make it an infomercial. Don't. That's what I was mocking going to sleep. I said, I think that would put people to sleep. Maybe that's the podcast you listen to before you go to bed. Maybe that's their corporate propaganda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is. And, and, you know, I've been struggling with uh, talking to individuals about you've you got to make it simple. Make it simple. Don't, don't make me work so hard and burn so many, you know, intellectual calories to try to understand what you're trying to get at. Yeah. Make it simple. And if I'm interested, I'm going to go to the next level and I'm going to find out the more advanced version. Just make it simple. Wow. Make it fun. Wonderful advice. 
you heard it here, folks. Scott McKenzie, Scott the Mac McKenzie <laughs> on Industrial Talk dot com absolute joy to be on this particular podcast and talk to you john you are you're wonderful i'm go, glad you're doing this buddy well you got you have a big stake in me doing this so go to industrialtalk.com <laughs> just check out the website just go cruise yeah. around uh, i'm sure he's got plenty of content for you to consume on industrialtalk.com hey and, and i'll tell you right now just go to at the very top above the fold and you cannot come to me and say scott i couldn't find it there's a button that says why you need a podcast right there at the top. It's even on the right-hand side. So you can't even, you can't ignore it. Click on can't it. Miss it. Everything. Can't, cannot miss it. Listeners, this is a podcast about going big. It's about avoiding the infection or the, the, just this, this, this virus of ordinary. It's not just COVID we're fighting, folks. It's this, it's this infection of, of ordinary, common, average. This yeah. podcast is about going big. It's about yeah. being crazy enough to win. Until next time.